welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. God and Self-Realization, as read by the author, Gage Crowder. In the recent articles, God and Culture and God and Psychotherapy, we have been introduced to several important and helpful observations about the dangers of life in our psychosexual, technotherapeutic world. Namely, the temptation to reduce the Christian mission to banal platitudes without any practical benefits, and the expectation to treat the whole of humanity, including ourselves, as primarily material beings with mere mental deficiencies. These are perhaps the most contentious issues of our day, and Francis Schaeffer's pesky question quickly follows. How then shall we live? If we are to avoid the double-pronged pitfall of cultural disengagement and psychotherapeutic dissociation, and we must, what is the biblical alternative? Well, some Christians believe that the alternative is a Christianized knockoff of the secular vision, a counterfeit of the counterfeit, if you can believe it. We are often told that our deepest need as Christians is to find our identity in Christ, Those Christians who bought into the cultural phantasm of a primarily psychological self thus began syncretizing scripture and psychology in a historically unprecedented way. In fact, a quick search of the Google Book Metrics will show you that the phrase identity in Christ, absent from Christian literature for almost 2,000 years, is perhaps the most widespread exhortation in popular theology after 1970. Though historical novelty ought to be enough to make us at least suspicious of such language, Scripture gives us all the more reason to reject this identity in Christ language. Indeed, the Christian alternative to engaging with our overly psychologized culture on its own terms is to return to the Scripture's own definition of what it means to be human. Yet as our Father is often fond of doing, We are not called away from this sort of language simply for truth's sake, but also to move toward a greater, more joyfully satisfying alternative. And the biblical alternative is this. In union with Christ, Christians are called to inhabit an office rather than an identity. Of course, thinking about our lives in terms of an office is not very commonplace. The only office that we are used to inhabiting is that dreaded and hideously fluorescent one that you'll have to return to on Monday morning. Of course, that is if you're vaccinated. However, the word office historically referred not to a cubicled building, but rather our duty, our function, our role in society that we are to exercise for the benefit of our neighbors. We know this already without having to think very hard about it. Some in our church serve in the office of elder or the office of deacon. Some in our government hold high office. A policeman is an officer of the law. And some unfortunate human beings function as officials at sporting events, regulating the rules of the game to the benefit of players and fans, usually those of the other team, of course. But here's the point. 
each Christian is also given an office, and that is the office of the royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2.9. Since we have nothing that we did not receive from our Lord Jesus, just as his baptism was his coronation as Messiah King, Psalm 2 and John 1.29-34, and his investiture with the high priesthood of Melchizedek, Psalm 10, Hebrews 7, Matthew 3, so too our baptism into Christ is a baptism into his dual office of priest-king. Christ did not die to merely take us to heaven. Then for what purpose? To what end are we redeemed? Answer Revelation 1, 5-6. He, Christ, loved us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Much like our sexual orientations, our identities are not found by investigating our subjective feelings, but rather they are fixed in objective realities. We are royal priests in Christ by the will of the Father and the sustaining grace of the Holy Spirit, as objectively attested to week in and week out in the broken bread and poured out wine. The entire goal of the Christian life, then, is to both realize and actualize our office in Christ, not, quote, find our identity. We must constantly remind ourselves of our God-given duties as royal priests and do them. As Paul would say, we must become by sight what we already are by faith. But what are the advantages? What are the countercultural payoffs? What is the cash value of viewing ourselves as inhabiting an office rather than dwelling in an identity? Well, I suggest that there are at least three. First, it fixes our attention outward. Identity-based language is not only unbiblical, but also plainly unpractical. When what you are most deeply concerned with is your personal status or your supposed lack of conformity, or worse yet, perfect conformity to a certain ideal, this can lead to unhelpful navel-gazing, endless hunting for idols of the heart, and morbid introspection. While each of these things uh, are in, not inherently sinful, a fixation on identity can lead us to be overly skeptical of ourselves, lacking confidence in the blood-bought promises of Scripture, or overly full of ourselves, lacking humility for the blood-drenched penalty of our sinfulness. However, taking note of our royal office as a taking note of our office as a royal priesthood inherently externalizes our vision. No one is a priest without a people. No one is a king without a kingdom. Second, it forces us to action. What does an identity, even a well-founded identity, do for the world? Arguably, it is only a means of self-satisfaction. As Caleb Morell notes, the dreaded irony is that those who often employ identity language in order to describe their idol hunting are often themselves guilty of making identity their idol. It seems to be merely a selfish endeavor, yet taking hold of your royal priestly office is inherently a call to action. After all, what is a sitting priest but an assault on the very office? See the story of Eli in 1 Samuel 1-4, where Eli the priest is rebuked by God for his laziness, which ultimately culminates in the death of his son and the capture of the Ark of the Covenant by the Philistines. And what is a warless king except an opportunity for sin and scandal, 
Compare the story of David out in the field, crushing the head of serpent-like giants in 1 Samuel 17, with that story of David inside the palace, seducing innocent women with serpent-like deception in 2 Samuel 11-12. through Though one may fail at the task assigned to them in the office of the priest-king, there is at least a clear assignment that one can repent and return to, unlike identity forging. Third, it focuses our mission. Identity hunting has no objective, no end. It is an endless ocean. The heart is a labyrinth, says Robert Alter's translation of Jeremiah 17.9. It is a maze, a puzzle. To pretend that we understand our motivations and actions and heart attitudes in the first place is a joke. Dostoevsky says, man is a mystery to himself. Indeed, there is no, there is no end to identity searching because there can be no beginning. On the other hand, to be a royal priest lays out a clear path. Draw near to God. Strengthen the weak. Crush the dragon. Love your family. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Take dominion. Make war on your sin. Mature in wisdom. Realization of our office in Christ is a much stronger and more biblical antidote to chaos than resorting to fighting our battles with the world, with the weapons of the world, namely those psychologically charged ways of speaking about our Christian lives. To inhabit our God-given role as a royal priesthood is commanded of us, but it is a commandment with promise. When we live as we are called, God blesses and strengthens our endeavors by the Spirit's presence, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, freedom to live as co-heirs in the glory of the children of God, and freedom from the self-centered piety of psychologizing our souls. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.